Welcome to the Resist Bob podcast, hosted by me, Melanie Dion. Join me this week and every week as I chat with the advocates and activists in your neighborhood at the intersection where policy meets people. Now, let's start the show. Hey, friends, and welcome back to the Resist Bot Podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Dion, and I hope this episode finds you well. And if it doesn't, I hope at the end, you'll find yourself in a slightly better place than where you started. Today, I am joined by one of my favorite activists and ResistBot community members and the first ResistBot user to get to 10,000 followers because she is tireless. So everybody say hello to Jess Craven. Hi, Jess. Hi, Melanie. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to be back. It is always good to have you back. So can you introduce yourself to the folks and tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do in case we got some newbies in the audience? So I am a, well, I guess I am a full-time activist and organizer is what I do. I publish a daily actions newsletter called Chopwood Carry Water. I guess you would call me a full-time organizer and activist. I am also the author of a daily actions newsletter called Chopwood Carry Water, which has been coming out five days a week since the week after Trump was elected. And it basically is the original tagline was your five minutes of resistance assistance. It now includes a couple of calls to your representatives a resist bot letter every single time with the little easy quick code so that if people want to just send it without editing it, they can do that and a bunch of ways to help win elections. So that's what the newsletter is now. I also have a presence on TikTok where I have also amplified resist bots, great work. And I do a lot of work canvassing, phone banking, running phone banks, working to elect great progressives and teach other people how to elect great progressives. So that's basically what I do. You encouraged me to do my first TikTok. I got to let you know. I um, oh, I saw that. I was like, oh, no, I got to do it. Jess is doing it. And I can't. I am not the camera girl, but <laughs> I, I finally did my first Resist Bot TikTok. And so thank you for pushing oh, me I out of my to, comfort zone. I have to um, go look at it. If you have not subscribed to Chopwood Carry Water Daily Actions yet, you absolutely should because it's it's very easy to follow So many people want to do something and they wonder, okay, what can I do? It really breaks down. Here's what you can do. Here's what you can do. Here's a script if you want to talk to your congressperson. So it's almost a blueprint of how you can start your own little movements. Because, of course, like Jess, you cover so many things. Your finger is really on the pulse of what's going on. But, of course, we all know we have different areas of focus there. We all have different things that appeal to us, that speak to us. So even if there's something that you may think, oh, well, I would like to talk about this. Chop with Carry Water is a great way to show just you can write your own script and call your congressman for whatever matters to you. There's so many things. So I appreciate how accessible you make it, how you, you really put it in the hands of everyone. These are the small things that we can do. And it's right. It's a lot of work. Like a newsletter five days a week just is a lot of work. So I want to say, how do you stay motivated with that? (laughs) Thank you for saying that. The motivation is all around me. I mean, it's, I would say a lot of it comes from having a child. There is a certain sense of just like, well, I can't just sit and let the world go to pieces without at least trying to contribute something good. I owe it to my child. The newsletter and all of the work I do really is an act of love for my kid and for every child I have met and love and all the kids I haven't met and love. I love kids and I feel that we've brought them into a pretty 
bad situation and it could possibly deteriorate and become much worse. And I, I don't want to let that happen. I don't want to sit and watch TV while, you know, Rome is burning, as it were. So what I try to do with the newsletter is make it simple enough that because I think there's a real danger, people get very overwhelmed. Oh, I can't fix it all. It's so big. I'm not going to do anything. And my argument is it is so big. There are a lot of things that are wrong. And if every single person takes a couple of small actions, collectively, that really starts to make a big difference. And so a lot, this is why I love ResistBot. It's just like, you, you can't send a ResistBot. It takes you about five seconds. And that goes through to your representative as a letter from a constituent. It's not like a petition. It's an actual letter from a constituent, which they count and they tally. And it's meaningful. Yes, I find most people do want to do something but they don't want to do the work of figuring out what that something is. My blessing slash curse is that I do want to do that work. I will do that work. And so I do a lot of work, hours of work for every newsletter so that people can come and do five minutes worth of work and actually be making a difference. And ResistBot is obviously is an integral part of that and has been since the very beginning. It takes, that's the accessibility of it. And then you taking this, that's already got accessibility built into it and, oh, you need a little more help? Okay, here's where you go. I appreciate that so much. And then the responses. I get responses from my Congress folks with every letter. I mean, there it's Kennedy and Cassidy, so the responses are terrible. But I get responses. <laughs> and, and that's the point. They are getting, you know, they're getting a letter from me. If your representative is not responding that should tell you something. You know, that's something that you have to look at. I think sometimes when we take the tact of uh, whether it's petitions or letters, oh, well, they're not going to look at that. Okay, well, what does that tell you? Midterms are coming. What does that mean to you? Yeah, it's uh, and my subscribers will often forward me responses from their representatives. And it's incredible the sort of difference in, someone sent me a response from Bernie Sanders a couple of days ago, and it came almost immediately after the ResistBot letter went out, whereas I get responses from my California senators who are decent to good senators, but months later sometimes. So, but Bernie Sanders was right on top of it. And I've heard a lot of people send me incredibly thoughtful, prompt responses from their lawmakers. To be honest, only the Democrats. I, I have seen some responses from Republicans, but they're, yeah, they're really unsatisfying. But I, it does say something the kind of response you get, how quickly it comes, how thoughtful it sounds. It's impressed me and also dismayed me to see the different responses from different lawmakers across the country. It is true. That was one of the things, uh, sending a letter to Kennedy after the shooting in Texas when we were sending a lot of letters about getting assault weapons, getting that under control, just that. And the responses that I received, yeah, it was disheartening because you see all of the one voice that they're all using to kind of distract from the actual issue that we need. Yes, mental health care is very important. That does not change what this issue is. And I live in Louisiana. You have eviscerated mental health care. So, And they just voted against another bill for mental health care for kids. They don't care about yeah. mental health care. They're absolutely uninterested in providing that. The Republican states are the absolute worst for health care. So yes, yeah. it, of course, but you're right. It is seeing those talking points is, is dismaying. But somewhere in the background, they are still taking note of how much noise is being generated on different issues. And you may not remember, or maybe you do, when... I believe it was Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming, mm -hmm. said that she was going to support the gun bill that they passed because she was like, I got a 
insane number of calls and letters about it. And I'm realizing that my constituents do want this. Now, that is not the norm for Republicans, but we only have to move one or two sometimes to pass a bill. You just never know. And someone in their office is paying attention and noting like, wow, we are getting a lot of letters about gun violence. So, you know, maybe we should start to move our stance a little. You just never know what's going to push them over the edge. They're tireless. So we have to be. Absolutely. (laughs) So we're running on evil. We're running on hopefully on good. Right. I want to talk a bit about midterms are coming. And of course, all of us are, we have our eyes on abortion. That's a big one. Something you said earlier about how your daughter or having having a child, I don't think you specified, but having a child, you know, really changed for you. And I mean, I have two and one of I have a daughter and I thought about being a 21 year old woman and having some sort of tenuous grasp on my own reproductive choices, health, freedom and how my daughter does not have that. I mean, Roe, in a lot of ways, from just the reproductive standpoint, you know, I'm 45. That door is sort of closing for me a little bit, but my daughter has her whole life ahead of her. She's a young woman and needs to be able to make choices and just, and not only young women, There, this affects trans people, this affects non-binary people, this affects generalized bodily autonomy and not having that as a young person, especially as a Gen Xer where we were really kicking down the door for that in a lot of ways and really pushing boundaries on our own identity. It's sobering. And as a parent, it activated my mama bear. So outside of that, what issues are you really having your eye on for the midterms this year? Well, first of all, so my child, the reason I will say my child very often is because my child identifies as non-binary. So they are almost 13 years old. And so I can't say my daughter or my son. So I constantly say my kid. There isn't really that I know of any sort of common verbiage for that yet. So that motivates me as well. So when I make phone calls to voters, I will talk very honestly about the things that are motivating me. And I will say my child, depending on who I'm talking to, I sometimes will get into the weeds and say my child was assigned female at birth or I have a child who is, it has uterus, or sometimes if I'm talking to someone who I just can't explain all that to, I'll just say I have a daughter just because it's shorthand for my kid has a uterus. And I have a child who identifies as LGBTQ. And these are things that Republicans are coming after kids like mine on all kinds of fronts. So, but I also really try to draw the line when I talk to voters on the phone that, sure, I'm 54, I'm not going to have a baby, but this is about bodily autonomy for young people. And also that it's a, once you start coming for the bodily autonomy, you're not going to stop with abortion. You know, I mean, all we have to do is look at Iran. There, These are women who can be thrown in jail for cutting their hair at the wrong time or showing a lock of hair. It's a one gradation and we are on one end of it and the women in Iran are on the other end, but it's a slippery, it's like a slip and slide, man. Once you're on it, you're just moving down. I don't want my kid to grow up in that country. And that's what I talk to people about when I call them. So we're watching that. Republicans want to come for birth control. There are Republicans who have said, like, we don't really think women should be working let alone gay marriage, interracial marriage, racial justice across the board. And then, of course, climate, you know, and guns like climate and guns are my other two really big issues. The stakes of this election are so existential, it's hard to even understand people who aren't watching it with the same bated breath that you and I are, because it's like if Republicans take over and we stop making climate progress, we're looking at like existential destruction. It's really hard for me to understand how everybody's not freaking out and registering voters. I mean, a lot of people are, but it's existential. 
So there's that and then the gun violence as well. You know, it's like there's a bill sitting in the Senate right now called Ethan's Law that people have worked really, really hard to get passed in the House. And all it would do is secure firearms from people under 18. It would literally just require gun owners to keep their guns safely stored so that kids can't get hold of those guns. Republicans will not support it, like almost not a single Republican. Yesterday, we had a mass shooting where a 15-year-old went out presumably using guns that he didn't purchase and belonged to a family member, because where else did he get them, and killed five people, including, excuse me, a police officer who the Republicans care to claim so much about. So this is the kind of thing that really like gets me jazzed up. It's just like we have Republicans talking about being tough on crime and being pro-police, and yet the biggest thing they could do to prevent crime would be to pass common sense gun laws, which P.S. police want them to pass, and they won't pass them Police officers, law enforcement officers are dying as a result. Children are dying as a result. Crime is getting worse, not to mention suicide and so many other things. So these are all issues that fire me up. And then, of course, there's democracy. So I don't even really feel like I should be sleeping right now. I do. I do because the body requires it. But there is no time to waste. Stakes are really high. Yeah, I think a lot about there was a report today about how snow crab season is canceled because a billion snow crabs are Who knows where? These are little things. It's the little changes that we could have made. We're past that. We are now at the point of the big changes. I follow someone on Twitter. Climate Human is the is the username. I can only remember his first name is Peter. I cannot remember his last name. Something with Calmus, I think. Is it Calmus? Yeah. Yes. And the constant messaging of the urgency of what needs to be done, where we need to, the changes we need to make, because climate change is not a joke. And it's become sort of this, this thing to gawk at. And it's like, it's beyond, it's beyond paper straws and little things like that. There are large changes that need to be made. Our dependency on fossil fuel is something that, that absolutely needs to be adjusted. And that's the thing that I'm looking for. Who is going to look at these issues with any degree of seriousness. There's a certain level of consideration, even when looking between Democratic candidates, because there are some like we also have to look at when we when you think, oh, no, we're all on the same. It's like mm, you still have to you still have to nail down that when you get between, you know, blue candidates. It's been a big thing on my mind. For example, we have Gary Chambers and Luke Mixon, both Dems in Louisiana, but then you have to dig into the finer points of where they stand on things like climate justice. I'm a Louisiana girl. I'm in New Orleans. Climate change means a lot for me. That's why Katrina was as devastating as it was, because our wetlands have eroded. So those are things that I just can't ignore and have to pay attention to when I'm looking at who's saying what, it's more than just looking the part. It's also what are you doing? I want to talk a bit about some of the ways for people to help those who are trying to get, whether it's registered, make sure that they're registered. Can you talk a bit about what your phone banking, because you you talk a lot about phone banking in your newsletter. Can you talk a little bit about that and give aside from you should if you have not subscribed to Chop with Carry Water I think I've said that before but if you have not you should because there are always great phone banking opportunities in there but can you talk a little bit about what that's like what to expect of phone banking what that experience is like for you 
Sure. And you can subscribe at tinyurl.com forward slash subscribe to Jess Craven. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes as well, but just wanted to say that. Uh, Or I think you can Google it. Yeah. So what I try to do in the newsletter is give people several different ways that they can help get out the vote. There's everything. There's so many great, very data-backed approaches at this point, including letter writing, postcarding. Speaking of climate candidates, Greenpeace has a great new letter writing campaign out where you print up the letter and then just write a couple of sentences by hand. And they show the voting records of the Democrat and the Republican on climate. So they don't tell the person who to vote for, but they just show like supports offshore drilling, doesn't support offshore drilling. And it just, it's very obvious. And then they use something called social pressure, which is a very well-known, very well-tested technique to get voters out, which is basically reminding them who you vote for is a secret, but whether or not you vote is public record. After the election, someone may be circling back with you to check and make sure you were able to vote. This sentence you will see in all kinds of different voter outreach. And the reason we use it is because it can boost turnout by three to 4%, which in electoral terms is huge. So I love the Greenpeace letters, um, but there's postcarding. There is canvassing, of course, which is the most powerful tool we have, and then phone banking. And I like phone banking because I can do it from home, you know, with my dog and my cat. It is an invaluable tool for campaigns. And when we volunteer to do remote phone banking, that means that campaigns can use their local volunteers to knock doors, which is something I can't do for them. And we gather an enormous amount of data through phone banking. So what you can expect is a training every single time you go to any phone bank. They'll never, they're not just going to give you a list of numbers and say, go to work. They're going to train you. You will almost always be using a dialer so that your number is not showing. It's very unusual now to have to do a phone bank where your number shows. You are going to be calling people who they believe to be likely supporters. So they will never ask you to knowingly call Republicans. That's just a waste of everybody's time. So you're always going to be calling likely supporters. And as we get closer to the election, you will actually be doing something called GOTV or get out the vote, where we're circling back to people who have already been identified as supporters and making sure they have made a voting plan. And this is super impactful because actually once we have walked through a voting plan with a person and said, like, so what day are you going to go and where are you going? Do you know where your early voting location is? What time are you going to go? How are you going to get there? Once we've walked through all of that with them and repeated their plan back to them, they're 10% more likely to go and vote because people will say on the phone, like, sure, I'll go vote. They don't always do it just because they say they will. So these voting plans are really impactful. And also just yesterday, I looked up a guy's early voting location for him. People don't, they don't always know where they're supposed to go. And in some states, it's really hard to figure out where to go. So we can just say, would you like me to look up your early voting location for you? And that's an easy wonderful thing we can do. And also sometimes we'll talk to people. I do a lot of phone banking into Arizona. I talk to a lot of people who are quote unquote undecided voters. They're really people who are registered Democrats, but really just not paying any attention, which I don't understand. But those people are out there. There's lots of them. They're part of the like 80 million people who didn't vote in the 2020 elections. And when you talk to them, once you start telling them a little bit about the different parties and where they're standing on things, they get motivated, like, oh, one party wants to ban abortion on a national level, and one party wants to make abortion safe and legal by passing a national law. You know, like those kinds of things, you and I know, it's very obvious, but you'd be astonished how many people do not even know that is happening. Oh, Republicans want to sunset Social Security and Medicare after five years. What? People have no idea just by telling them that. 85% of Americans want common sense gun laws like universal background checks. 85% of Americans, including most Republicans and gun owners, 
Republicans oppose any, any gun legislation. So when we start to just talk to voters who are disengaged and just sort of say, like, were you aware that blah, 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 a lot of times they'll be like, you know, I really wasn't aware and I I really didn't realize the stakes of these elections and I will vote. So in an ideal world, that's what we do. And I will often come from a very personal place when I phone bank. If I get someone undecided, I will say, do you have five seconds for me to tell you why I'm volunteering today? And if they say yes, I will tell them about my LGBTQ kid. And I will talk to them about abortion. And I will talk to them about how scared I am every time I send my kid to school because of guns. These are things everybody identifies with. So once we get to that sort of human level, people are generally like, yeah, you're right. I really should vote. That's the truth. And I appreciate that so much, because when we think about even just from your personal experience and just what we're seeing and how kids are being targeted, queer kids are absolutely a target right now. And when you look at the justifications, you see that it's just very clearly coming from one side. And as much as we don't want to be partisan, we don't want to be blindly following whatever, there is very clearly one side who is anti-democracy and totally fine with attacking LGBTQ kids. It's not a lot that we have to do to suss this out. It's very barefaced. So... Having those conversations, do you find yourself having to combat a lot of misinformation or is it more just a lack of information that you encounter? It's more a lack of information because, again, we're not calling Republicans. Mm -hmm. So we are not going to get like the Fox News viewers for the most part. Occasionally, maybe, but it's more lack of information. For every one person who's misinformed, there's 15 people who just say the thing they always say is, quote, I haven't done my research yet. And by that, that means I'm paying no attention and I really am just like, I'm not, I'm totally checked out. So when we catch a person like that, they probably wouldn't even bother voting because they're they're just not paying attention. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to just get them facts, just give them facts about what's happening and how important it is. Occasionally, I had a phone banker yesterday get somebody on the phone who repeated some very, very outrageous and lewd accusations against the Democratic candidates in Arizona. But again, I think those are people who are already watching Fox and or whatever other crazy things. And they're not going to we're not we don't try to convert those people. They're so far gone. That's not the kind of person we're trying to get out. We're trying to get the people who would vote our way, but are just staying home because they're checked out to just show up and cast a ballot. That's one of the things one of One of my little exercises, especially as being on social media is is has increased and just kind of especially with since the pandemic. And since that is how so much messaging gets out these days, one of the things I've been doing when I see a politician or a candidate, specifically someone who is in office, say something outlandish. I just go back and look at the bills that they've sponsored. I look back at the bills that they've gotten passed. And when I see somewhere, it's just, I mean, when we think about someone like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who doesn't even sit on committee, these are people, their entire job and function is just to disrupt and upset and inflame. They're not actually in Congress doing any work. Where do you as a voter want to sit with this? Are you comfortable with paying this person's salary who is not doing anything. They're not even, in in the end of it, they're not actually furthering any legislative goal. It's really, yeah. yeah. Their job is to piss people off. That is a very high salary. (laughs) 
Yeah, they're getting paid a lot. I don't know why voters vote for Marjorie Taylor Greene or Ron DeSantis or any of them. It just seems that their contempt for their own electorate is so high. But again, when you have people who are not paying attention, if they do go out and vote, they vote tribally. So Mm -hmm. when I get I got a woman on the phone yesterday and she was very nice, but she said, oh, no, I'm a Republican. And I just thought, how are you supporting Republicans as a woman right now? And it's not worth engaging in those kinds of conversations because if she's still a Republican at this point, she's going to be hard to convert. But it is because she's probably not paying any attention. She's highly privileged. She's likely white. She's not, maybe none of this will affect her until God forbid it does, you know, but right now she thinks she's safe. I talked to a young, sounded like maybe 23 year old. I think he was white. I don't know. But I talked to him in Arizona about a month ago and he said, oh, I'm not going to be voting. And I said, do you mind if I ask why? And he said, well, I just don't feel like any of this affects me, which is such a privileged, insanely, like you just want to smack someone like that. Sorry. But what I did instead is I just said, could I just tell you really quickly why I did my old, like, can I tell you why I'm phone banking? And then I told him about my kid. And I said, so I understand that you feel that politics don't affect you. I disagree, but that's okay. We can agree to disagree on that. They really affect kids like mine, like in a really big way, life or death. And I'm asking if you will be willing to go out and vote for my child, if not for yourself. He said, he thought, and he said, yes, I absolutely will. So I don't know, will he? I hope so. But at least sometimes giving people a little reminder that not everybody is as privileged as them. Yeah. And you may decide to stay home and vote, but your decision affects not just you, but people with a lot less power than you. It affects everyone. It affects everyone. It is an incredibly privileged. I remember in 2016 where, you know, people were like, "Ah, worst case scenario. I mean, we live through this. We'll live through that. And I remember thinking then that is a very bold statement, assuming that everyone is going to live. And I mean, we're here now over a million people dead just from COVID and and having these conversations about where are the workers and where are the this and it's that they're gone. These are the people you just assume would make it out to the other side, but it's such a privileged position to take because you do not know that you're going to make it when something like freedom, bodily autonomy, healthcare, when these things are on the chopping block, you do not know who is going to make it out on the other side. I want to talk a little bit about some of the petitions that are really, because you, again, like I've said before, Jess is tireless and you do not get to 10,000 followers on ResistBot by just kind of like sitting around twiddling your thumbs. Jess creates a lot of petitions and they are all very climate change, common sense gun laws, things like that. So can you talk a bit about your wish list of your petitions right now that you would really like people to take a look at? Yeah. And and it's really nice looking over like the whole list of petitions because some of the things that I've done petitions on have come to pass. And that's a really, that's a testament to public pressure and, and what it does. But I mean, starting with really simple things like the assault weapons ban. We did a petition about that. I did uh, maybe 10 days ago. There's a bill that's passed in Congress that, I mean, in the House that is just sitting in the Senate, an assault weapons ban, which we had for a really long time. That bill sunsetted meaning it basically had an expiration date. And when it expired, they didn't re-up it. I believe it expired in 20, 
2010. Uh, I could be wrong about the date. I think it's 2010. But anyway, you know, mass shootings and gun deaths went up dramatically when that bill sunsetted and American people won an assault weapons ban and we will get it eventually. So that one, I feel really strongly about, you know, I'm doing a lot of work around the Supreme Court, uh, obviously court expansion, which is the idea of adding justices to the Supreme Court with the idea of rebalancing it. This is something that's been done many, many times through American history and is absolutely constitutional and allowed to be done. So the Judiciary Act is a bill that we have that has not yet passed in the House or the Senate, but we are gathering support for it all the time. My, I pressured my Congress member to co-sponsor, and he did jump on board finally about three months ago. So that one is big. And then it's sort of in the weeds, but I'm also, I work with a group called Save the USPS. And this is an issue that Americans really care about is DeJoy, Louis DeJoy. Why is he still running the USPS? And the reason is, is because Biden can't fire him. Only the USPS board can fire him. And right now there are not enough people on the board to who are willing to do that. So he remains. And he's, I think anyone would agree, he's running the post office into the ground. Joe Biden is just about to make two new appointments. And if he appoints good people, we can get rid of DeJoy. He is, however, considering reappointing one of the people who is on the board right now and if he does that, we will not be able to get rid of DeJoy because this guy will not vote to fire him. So again, like these things are so in the weeds, but they're important because sometimes these big victories that we want, like fire DeJoy, takes a lot of baby steps to get there. And they are a bit in the weeds. But if we can get him to appoint two good USPS board members, we are like way, way, way closer to getting DeJoy fired than we were, you know, a year ago. So I've got a petition about not reappointing this guy whose last name is Moak. So, you know, that one. Uh, oh, and then finally, there's a, a 21st Century Courts Act, which would give the Supreme Court a code of ethics. Right now, they are the only court. All the circuit courts have a code of ethics, all the other ones, but not the Supreme Court. They have no judicial code of ethics, so they can do anything they want. They can weigh in on political issues. They just, they're running amok, basically. So this bill would give them a, a code of ethics. So those are some of my current favorites. I have many, but that's a few. I'm going to give you folks the call signs for some of these fantastic petitions. So for the 21st Century Courts Act, that is pass the 21st Century Courts Act, H.R. 7426, S4010 to hold SCOTUS accountable. And that call sign is PXPZXV. And that's P is in Paul, X, P is in Paul, Z is in Zoo, X is in Xylophone, V is in Victory. The next one, POTUS, don't reappoint Moak for an additional one-year term on the USPS board. That is P-Y-T for you, Michael Jackson fans, P-Q-F. It's P is in Paul, Y is in Youth, T is in Tom, P is in Paul, Q, F is in Frank. Assault Weapons Ban. Pass S736, the Assault Weapons Ban, now. P-S-H-R-Y-J. That's P as in Paul, S as in Sam, H as in Harry, R as in Robert, Y as in Youth, J as in James. And those four, absolutely. I think I've signed some of them. I'm going to make sure, and you should too. Double check, make sure that you have these petitions signed, have these letters Signed, And if you haven't, all four of these might take you five minutes. It is one of the easiest things that you can do. Jess, I want to thank you, as always, 
for joining. Before we go, can you tell folk, the folks again where they can find you? Sure. Uh, thank you for, so much for having me. I always really enjoy our conversations, for one thing. You can find me, so you can find my link tree, which will sort of lead you to everything else, uh, newsletter and various different links, at bit.ly forward slash Jess page. So B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Jess page. And you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Jess Craven 101 which is also how you follow me on ResistBot. You can text follow Jess Craven 101 to ResistBot. So that would be some of the ways to find me. And you can, if you want to subscribe to my newsletter, uh, you can do that at tinyurl.com forward slash subscribe to Jess Craven. But you can also find that at the bit.ly. Sorry, I know there's lots of little mini links, but that's how it is right now. Totally fine. And absolutely, I love that it's Jess, Jess Craven 101 because you will absolutely get an education. So by all means, by all means, especially if you're a baby organizer, a baby activist looking to get started and you don't know where to start, Jess is a wealth of information and her finger is on the pulse of so many things. Absolutely somebody you should be following on ResistBot. And you can also get your own following on ResistBot. All you need to do is become a monthly subscriber. It starts at only 5 You can not only create your own petitions, you can jump the line when the bot is on fire, but you can also make sure that your petitions, your thoughts, the things that matter to you get out not only in your little network, but to other ResistBot users and help your petitions go farther. I want to thank you all for joining me this week and every week. I really appreciate it. If you want to learn more about ResistBot, all you need to do is go to Resist. But I also want to remind you again that the midterms are coming. And if you want to make sure that you are registered or if you want to register, because there is still time in most states to register online, text CHECK to 50409. Or you can slide in our DMs, Facebook, Twitter, slide in the DMs, just text CHECK and let ResistBot take care of the rest. It will take all of two minutes and it's super important. I want to thank you so much for joining and I'll see you next time. The ResistBot Podcast is a production of ResistBot Action Fund, a social welfare nonprofit organization. ResistBot is funded by monthly donors like you. Support ResistBot by texting DONATE to 50409. You can learn more and see a complete guide to using the service, a real-time list of trending petitions, learn how to organize your own pressure campaigns, or launch your own voter pledge drives at www.resist.bot. Thanks so much for joining, and we'll see you next week.